Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Thursday, April the 14th, 2022. It is currently 9.06 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. Well, it's Thursday evening, so we are fast approaching the end of the first week of our Bible study exercise on Matthew 24. Now, that we're going to be studying Matthew 24 for probably almost eight weeks, so getting close to the end of the first week, you could say, well, we've got plenty of time, but I, I just wanted to turn on the microphone this evening to kind of encourage you to, to, to complete the homework that you've already been given to continue to read Matthew chapter 24, to continue to think about it. We did a lot of church history last night in our study of Matthew 24. Uh, hopefully that was beneficial, but I just want to keep everyone engaged, all right, with these. When you spend six, seven, eight weeks or even longer uh, in a study, at, at first everyone's like, yeah, Matthew 24, this should be great. And then, you know, you get it a couple of days in and then the next thing you know, that excitement begins to wane and people kind of, I don't, I won't say they just quit, but in many cases they stop participating or doing the homework and those types of things. So I wanted to just take a few minutes this evening to kind of remind you of what I've already asked you to do. And then I'm going to give you a very important assignment dealing with, and with our study of Matthew chapter 24. If you're brand new to the study, please, you can go to the Church One app. That's Church One, Church O-N-E. Once you download the Church One app, simply type in Theology Central. That basically turns the Church One into app, the Church One app into the Theology Central app. Then from there, you can look for series and uh, you just look for Bible study exercise and you can find, well, all of the Bible study exercises that we've done, but you'll find all of the episodes for Matthew 24 or on the Sermons 2.0 app, do a search for Theology Central. Follow us, and then there, when you when you look up our information, you'll see series. Look for the Bible study exercise. You can find all of them that way as well. That that's two easy ways to find all of the Bible study exercises. Because I know a lot of people, you know, they 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 drop into the study part four, part five, part six. You know, who knows how many parts this is ultimately going to be? And I just want them to be able to find everything so that they can go back part one, part two, part three, and participate in the the study itself. Do the homework, send it to me, use the curriculum, and just get the most out of this because I want you to know Matthew 24 better than you've ever known it at any time in your life, okay? I want, you, I want this to be um, hopefully one of the most beneficial studies you, you will ever have on Matthew chapter 24. We're doing our very best, all right? Matthew chapter 24, what's kind of, before we do anything else, what's kind of become, an, I think in, in some ways, kind of a symbolic key verse. In other words, I, I'm not going to say that like, this is the verse that is key to understanding the entire Matthew 24 or the all of it discourse to understanding the entire discourse. I don't want to say that this is the key verse and understanding, but I say it's a symbolic key verse just because of what it's about. Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24. Let me, let's just read the beginning here one more time. Matthew chapter 24, because you can't read the beginning of this enough because this is the thing that so many people just overlook. Matthew chapter 24, verse one. And Jesus went out 
and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left there one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he said, Upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Now, here is what I I think is the symbolic key verse. Verse 4, Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you. I just want that verse burned into your brain because I think it's so interesting that when it comes to Matthew 24 or the, or the Olivet Discourse, there's so many theories, so many ideas, verses from the Olivet Discourse are constantly quoted, completely out of context. People say that things are pointing to the future when they may not be pointing to the future, that may be pointing things to the past. It's just, in many ways, it's kind of just like interpretive chaos. It's hermeneutical chaos. And so I just think it's very important that when you get ready to study Matthew 24, take heed that no man deceive you. You want to do everything in your study so that you're so equipped that you cannot be deceived. You cannot be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. And and I, I cannot stress this enough. The number one way to help you not be deceived when it comes to people telling you the Bible is saying this or the Bible means this or with anything with the Bible, the number one way, and, and I want you to hear this because I think a lot of people approach it differently. What some people say is the best way to not be deceived is really to, to learn a system of theology, to learn a doctrinal statement, to learn a confession of faith. Now, they may not say that, but in a roundabout way, that's what they give you. They're like, here is the theology you need to believe. And they give you basically a systematic theology. Now, some people will say, well, the only way not to be deceived is you need the Bible. But there's there's something specific you have to do with the Bible in order not to be deceived. And I'm 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 gonna say this as slowly as I can. I want you to hear me. The number one way to protect you from being deceived is that you learn how to do observational Bible study. The better you observe observe the text, the better your observation of the text is, the more you observe, the better you are at observation, the more protected you are from deception and manipulation. Observation is the key to protect you from deception because the more you observe the text and you observe and you observe and observation, 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 you will know the text forwards, backwards, doesn't matter what anyone quotes, you've spent hours doing observation. No one can rip anything out of context. No one can claim it means something because you'll be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, that if you look at this, if you look at this, if you look at that verse, if you look at this, you've done all of the observation. So many times people are like, what you need to do to protect you is just read the Bible. And and I guess you just read it and interpret it. But you can't interpret something until you've done observation. Well, everyone's out there trying to give you an interpretation. 
Every sermon you hear, they try to give you an interpretation. Every Christian podcast you hear, they try to give you an interpretation. Every Christian friend you know on social media tries to give you an interpretation. Very few people stop to say, let's spend a couple of weeks doing observation, all right? So it's observation is the key. That is your that is your force field. That is your protection from all of the deception and manipulation. And when I say observation, you're just observing what is there. You just are reading it over and over. You observe, absorb, observing it. I keep saying observe. Yeah, observing it. If I'm saying the word correctly. Yeah, yeah. Forget, for, forget how I'm saying it. Just know what I'm telling you. Observe the text. All right. And you want to absorb it. Yes. Okay. I think I'm trying to put two ideas there. Yes, you absorb it. By observing it, the more you observe, the more you absorb. And the more it is in you, the better you are protected. There's really two ideas I was trying to put together there. So I apologize. Right? But observation, observe, observe, observe. And what, what do we mean by observation? This is very important. You're reading it, you're reading it, and you're observing things like the structure of the chapter, keywords, uh, key phrases, key people, key ideas, repeated words, just, just all of the basics. In fact, we, we gave you an observational uh, tool to use, which is the chapter summary method. But observe, observe, observe. And by doing that, you will absorb it and you will know it so well that when someone says anything about the chapter, you'll be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How about verse one? Or what about verse three? Or what about verse 15? You, you're just ripping a verse out of context. You're going to know it. So I, I cannot stress it. Observation is the key. Observation is the key. Anytime you're in, I mean, so many times people just want to read and interpret, read and interpret. And it's like, no, how much time did you spend doing observation? Bible study primarily is an observational exercise where you're just observing what's there. And you're taking that observation, putting it on paper in a structured, organized way so that you can see what's in the text. And then once you have that down, then and only then can you begin to move towards interpretation. Right? So I cannot stress this enough. You've got to do observation because take heed lest anyone deceive you. I want that to be kind of your the, the symbolic key verse being key and just it's just a great reminder before you even enter into a discussion about the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24. You are prepared to, to you're, you're, you're going in it with a mindset that I don't want to be deceived and I'm going to do observation, 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 all right? Uh, the new key word to Bible study, absorb observe and absorb. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Someone in chat just, uh, I I think I'm trying to put observe. Okay. No, observe. Okay. Absorb. Okay. I'm trying to put two concepts together, but I want you to so observe it that you absorb it. You bring it inside of you. All right. And you see, I'm going to look something up really quick. Yeah. I'm creating, I'm creating new terms. I'm, I'm creating new terms for Bible study. Okay. All right. Yes. Observe, absorb, take in or soak up. All right. Take in or soak up. The more you observe, the more you absorb. 
right? Absorb it by observing it. You observe, you absorb, you observe. See, I'm going to do it again. Observe, absorb, observe. Then you absorb, absorb. Yeah, say, I'm messing it all up. But you get the idea. Observation, observation, observation. And then you will absorb it into you. You will soak it up. And when it's so in you, then nobody can come along and say, hey, this verse is this and this verse is this. You're like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. It, it's a part of you, all right? So yes, we have a new, we have a new term, uh, ab, uh, absorb, absorb, observation <laughs> and, absor- and uh, 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 to uh, absorb and to absorb. We're putting the two together, absorb, right? Observation. And to absorb something into you, right? So we're putting the two concepts together. Absorb, absorb. Right? We're we're gonna we're gonna play with it all all night long. We we can sit here and come up with all different ways of saying it. But but in a in a funny way though, in a funny way, me messing it up is actually a good thing because hopefully this will stick with you. My your job is to so observe the text that you have absorbed it into you. How do you know when your observation part is over? When you when you have soaked it in, when you've absorbed it so much that you just know it. Like if I walk up to you and say, Matthew 24, you're like, boom, 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 boom. I know how it starts. Okay, this is the Olivet Discourse. Here's how it begins. Here are the questions that are asked. Here's what Jesus says. Then there's some other things in the, the Olivet Discourse. Here it is. And you just know it. All right. So you have absorb. You have absorb. All right. You have put the two words together an observation and you are, and absorbed it. So yes, we, we've created a new term, but I think it, I, I, I hope you understand how important it is. Yes, we're having a little bit fun, right? Yeah, I, I made it seem like I did it on purpose. No, I will actually, I wasn't, I wasn't doing it on purpose. It, I actually, I, in my brain, I was just trying to put the two concepts together. So I, I, I guess I could have played it off and act like I was really smart and that I was being so clever and coming up with something, you know, so brilliant, but, uh, it, it, it wasn't. It was, it was actually, I, I didn't even realize at first I was making the mistake. I was just like, observe. No, uh, uh, observe, uh, observation. Ab, abs, okay. Then, then I kind of realized, wait a minute, I, I'm putting two words together here, but the mistake is a good thing. The mistake is a good thing. Now, I'm going to regret making the mistake, but I'm glad I made the mistake because I want us to have this idea. We need to do observation, right? Observe, 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 so that we can absorb, absorb the text into us. We can soak it in. And once we have there, in a sense, we are now protected from being deceived, all right? That I I just think it's so important and and so so critical and that's that's one of the reasons I give you the Bible study methods because the twelve Bible study methods are almost ninety nine percent observation really that's what they are that's why you learn them and everybody just wants to jump to the interpretation if, if you really think about I think I think we need to add you have to observe absorb okay. Before you can interpret, you have to observe to the point of it has been absorbed into you. 
And once it's been absorbed into you, then you can interpret. Maybe, maybe that's a new way we do. We usually just say you have to do observation before you can do interpretation. Now maybe we have to say you do observation until it's absorbed into you. And once, once you, it's been soaked in, then you can move to interpretation. Maybe, maybe we need to, to change it a little bit. But yes, we're taking way too much time on this. But in reality, it's perfect for the Bible study exercise because so much of what we try to do at the beginning, if you really think about so much of what I try to give you every time for homework, deals with observation. So take heed that no man deceive you. Don't let anyone deceive you. Like, well, how, how do I protect myself? Observation. How long do I do observation? Until you have absorbed it into you. Then and the only then can you move on to interpretation. I think that's really good. All right, so here's what I want you to do, all right? Here's what I want you to do, okay? Uh, all right. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're coming up with all kinds of, we're coming up with all kinds of, ter- of terminology. I'm not even going to attempt that one because I don't want to mess myself up anymore. All right, so here we do. I'm dropping pencils. Here we go. Are you ready? Here's what you should have done so far. You're supposed to have read Matthew 24 at a minimum of five times, right? So that, that, at the, the, before we done anything, before we did anything else, before we done anything else, before we did anything else, before you have done anything else, you were supposed to have read Matthew 24 five times, one of those times out loud. Then the very next thing you were supposed to do is a chapter summary method, which requires you to read it five times. So that means technically you're going to read it 10 times and two of those times out loud, right? So before you even get to the chapter summary method, the actual steps, you've actually read Matthew 24, 10 times and two of those times are out loud, right? Now, a lot of people skipped right past that 10 time thing. I bet you a lot of people did because, but guess what? When you're skipping it, you're not doing the observation and you're clearly not absorbing the text inside of you, right? So, Read it, then do the chapter summary method. Hopefully people are still working on the chapter summary method. Then I wanted everyone to read Josephus's account of 70 AD. I gave you the source for that. I hope you've done that. Then I wanted you to look up and, and start learning a little bit about preterism. I got you pretty close to preterism last night by going way back and working our way in church history and, and getting us to the concept of preterism and re- going back to the fact that its origins was, uh, well, from the Roman Catholic Church. So we talked about that. All right, now, here's what I need you to do. Here's what I need you to do, because this is simple. I just wanted to, re- again, it's Thursday. This is just kind of like checking in with you going, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? And we ended up creating a new term, <laughs> okay? We, we, we've ended up going absorb, 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 observation and absorbing the text. So we, we've created, we, so we inadvertently created a new concept of Bible study that I think is very important, which is kind of funny that we've done that. But so I, but I wanted to remind you of your assignments, read the chapter, ultimately 10 times, two times out loud, out loud, do a chapter summary method, read Josephus's account of 70 AD, then preterism. I want you to read about preterism, know about preterism, because that's 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 going to be important in, in understanding what we're going to be doing with Matthew 24. And then this is what I want you to do. This is very, very important. This is, this is a new part of your homework. I've already hinted at this, 
I've already mentioned it, but I'm going to try to really clarify this and clean this up so you know exactly what you need to be doing, all right? Some of you, this is going to be like painful and you're going to have a hard time doing this. Others, I think, are just going to be drawn to this kind of work and they're going to be like, oh, this is so simple. And so whoever, especially if you're in the Discord channel, whoever's best at it, post your work in the homework section because it could be very beneficial for everyone. But here's what you need to do, right? Here's what you need to do. All right. Okay, good. Someone uh, have listened to it and read it at least 25 times, still listening and reading it. They've read Josephus's account and found a free book on Apple Books on the account and read about preterism and started it and started, but still working on the chapter summary. Okay, good. All right. So some, some, there's some already doing some of the work. All right. But here's the next very important step. All right. Are you ready? Here we go. The Olivet Discourse is recorded in three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Now, we, we talked about this already in a previous study. Here are the, the sections where it is recorded. Matthew 24, verse 1 to chapter 25, verse 46. 24, 1 to chapter 25, 46. 24, 1 to chapter 25, 46. The second place it's recorded is Mark 13, verses 1 through 37. The third place it's recorded is Luke 21, 5 through 36. All right, so 24, Matthew 24, 1 to chapter 25, verse 46. Mark chapter 13, verse 1 to verse 37. Luke chapter 21, verse 5 to 36. Some of you should already have that in your notes if you've been participating. But here's what I need you to do. I need you, and I don't know how you want, you're gonna have to be creative, but I want you to be able to write down what is different in each account? I need you to write out, okay, here, here's what's in Mark that's not in Matthew and Luke. Here's what's in Luke that's not in Matthew and Mark. Here's what's in Matthew that's not in Mark and Luke. All right? So what you need to do, you don't need to write down what's the same. You just need to indicate. So you would be like, put for example, Let's say you take a page, you put Matthew 24, verses 1 through chapter 24 through, uh, through 46. Then underneath that, you would just record everything in Matthew 24, 1 to chapter 25, 46 that is missing from either Mark or Luke, and you need to write down the verse, right? Maybe a, a, just a brief summary of what's in that verse and which it's missing from either Mark or Luke or from both, Okay. So you start with Mark, Matthew 24, verses 1 to chapter 25 through 46, and you just write down and you go, I, I'm just, I'm just, this is, I'm not saying this is true. I'm just saying this for, for, I'm just saying this for an example. All right, 24, 4, I'd write down 24, 4, warning about deception. I'm not saying this is true. I'm just using this as an example. Warning about deception, okay? This is not recorded or missing from Mark or missing from Luke. Right? That's all you have to put, right? Then you go to the next next part of Matthew and you just write down, hey, this is what's in Matthew and it's not in Mark or it's not in Luke, okay? Then 
you after you're done with everything in Matthew 24, 1 to chapter 25 through 46, and you just look at how how just look at the the how much content from 24 1 to 25 46. Clearly, you know there's going to be a lot missing. Mark only goes from verse 1 to verse 37, right? So clearly, you know there's going to be a lot missing. But then you go to Mark, okay? What's in Mark that's missing from Matthew and from Luke? Then you go to Luke. What's in Luke that's missing from Matthew and Mark? All right? We need to have a good And you you could say, I can find somebody who did it online. Don't do that. Do it yourself. One, because you're doing observation. It forces you to observe the text. The more observation, the more you observe the text, the more you absorb the text, right? You've you've read it, you've read it, you've read it, you've listened to it being read over and over and over. Now you're going to have to sit there and, and like painstakingly compare, okay, See, this is in Matthew 24. Okay, wait over here. Let's go through Mark. Oh, don't see it. Let's go through. Oh, I see it in Luke, but it's missing in Mark. And then you write that down. You're going to know, hopefully by the time you're done, you've so absorbed, you've so done the observation that you absorbed it into you that from this point on, anyone says anything about Matthew or about the Olivet Discourse, you'll be like, well, this is recorded in Matthew. This is not recorded in Mark. That That's recorded in Mark and Luke. You're going to know exactly where everything is and where it's recorded. Now, if you reach that level of expertise, no one will ever be able to deceive you ever again on Matthew, Mark, or Luke as far as the Olivet Discourse is concerned. All right? So you start with Matthew, you go through Matthew 24. All right? You start, okay, we have, you know, we have verses one through three. We have this introduction, right? Uh, they come out of the temple, right? Is that recorded uh, in Mark and Luke? Okay, yes, they come out of the temple. Do they add any additional information? Does Luke add maybe what occurred, right? Why the, does it uh, record something that happens in the temple before they walk out? That, that's a good question, all right? Then do they all ask the exact same question? Or are the questions different? Is there, do we, do we need to put all of them together to know exactly what is asked of Jesus? Are the questions recorded in a different way? Then, then we have this warning about don't be, or almost a warning, don't be deceived. Does that appear in all of them? Then as soon as it doesn't be deceived, then, then we immediately have, uh, hey, that there's going to be false Christ. In fact, you could argue the warning about deception occurs in verse four and verse five. Verse four and five in Matthew, all right? Do they appear in Mark and Luke? Is it, you say, well, there's a warning about deception. Is there any deviation at all? If there's any deviation, the smallest difference you have to write down. And Matthew, when it talks about deception, it uses this phrase, it's not used in Mark or Luke, right? You, We've got to see every slight deviation or difference. And the reason why is there's all the debate is, so has Matthew 24 been fulfilled, right? Has the Olivet Discourse been fulfilled or a large portion of it, which preterism would claim, or is Matthew 24 primarily about the future, which others would claim? Is it a mixture of both? Well, we can't even begin to to try to determine that 
until we know exactly what is in the Olivet Discourse, because when we start saying that was fulfilled or that was fulfilled, we got to make sure we are addressing all the content in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. This is very, very important. All right, that that's... Uh, that's it. I'm not going to give you anything else because that's going to be a lot of hard work. That's going to be, a, and again, you may be able to find someone else who did it online, but you're trusting that they did it right. And not only that, you are cheating yourself of observing the text. Therefore, you can't absorb the text, all right? You have to observe before you can absorb. And we want to do the observation that leads to, uh, to in a sense, absorbing it, right? Absorbing it. And once you absorb it, then you can move to interpretation. All right? That's going to be a little bit of hard work. I kind of already hinted at. I may have even even kind of told everyone to start working on that. But I really, and, and a little, we did a little bit of this. Uh, was it Sunday night? It may have been Sunday night when we were working on Matthew 24. I think we did a little bit of it here. Especially we looked at, we looked at, um, the Matthew, the Mark, the Luke passage, and we started kind of going through it, trying to see what's the same, what's different. And and we we did a we did we didn't do a perfect job, but we at least gave you kind of a first run through them, right? And we tried to see where where does it stop, where does it start, and I, I mean immediately you know there's going to be some major differences. Now a lot of the differences may be in stuff that comes after. This can be important. A lot of this may be, well, in Matthew, we get this main part that everyone's worried about, about, you know, about the possible second coming or the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. Once we get past that, we have all of this additional content that Mark and Luke doesn't have. Now, what we need to do at that point, well, we'll have to ask ourselves, well, all of this additional content of the Olivet Discourse as recorded in Matthew how significant is it in interpreting the first part of the Olivet Discourse that gets all of the attention because it mentions war and rumors of war and famine and pestilence and all of these things about possibly, well, some people point to the second coming and other people point to 70 AD. How does the rest of the content connect to it? So, and, and if it's missing from Mark and Luke, does... What's the significance of that? Why did Mark and Luke leave it out? I mean, there's questions we will have to ask. So there you go. All right. I feel like I, I feel like I should say more, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to say anything else. All right. So there you go. So we we have kind of a we 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 learned a new phrase where we combine the word absorb. Well, we we uh, we combine the word observe with the wor- word absorb till we get the word absorb, okay, <laughs> which is a mixture of observation with the idea of absorbing, absorption, absorbing it into our lives. We observe the text to it's absorbed into us. Your observation should lead to it being absorbed into you. That's when you know your observation has reached the right level. And rarely do we do that much observation. Rarely do we. In fact, I will, I will bet that 90% of the time when people try to argue with me about a text, 
They've done very little observation, and they definitely didn't do enough observation that it led to it being absorbed into them. And it can be very frustrating when you're trying to argue with someone and you have to keep pointing out things in the passage they keep arguing about. And you're like, did you actually read it? Well, well, well I read it. Okay. Well, did you observe it to it was absorbed? I think so much of our fighting and yelling sometimes within Christianity is because nobody wants to do the observation. Clearly, then they're missing it being absorbed. It's not been soaked in. And so then we're really just arguing about something that we haven't done adequate work on, which leads to the confusion and disagreement. I'm not saying that this resolves every disagreement. By no means. 2,000 years of church history proves this. I'm just saying that it should at least bring us closer, right? Because if you do enough observation and you've absorbed it, I guarantee you, you're going to limit some of your options and interpretation. You're going to be like, well, that doesn't work. That do- Why doesn't that work? Well, because verse 1 or verse 7 or verse 15 or verse 20, clearly that doesn't, and you'll be like, oh, I didn't even see that. You're right. Yeah, your observation limits the number of interpretations that are feasible, that are workable. That's why you have to do the observation to it's absorbed. All right. So we have a new phrase, all right? Absorb, or see, what's the other one here? Yes, uh, okay, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how to say the way they wrote that one out, but we need, well, the, the, we could do, uh, we could do, uh, uh, yeah, we could, we could abbreviate this, right? O-A-I, that's the steps for good Bible study, O-A-I, observation, absorption or absorbed, and then interpretation, right? So we need to observe, we need to absorb, and then we need to interpret. O-A-I, right? Maybe maybe we've come up with, we should write a book, right? We should write a book. I mean, everyone else comes out with a book on how to study the Bible. And I'm like, hey, you have to absorb, you have to observe until it's absorbed. Once it's absorbed, then you can interpret. Here are the, here are the tools you need for observation. And here's how you know it's been absorbed. I, I think, I think, I think to me, and I know this is kind of, I think, I think we're going into a completely different direction here, but I think, um, the way we know it's been absorbed into us is when I, I just say Matthew 24 and you're like, boom, boom, starts with Jesus in the temple. They ask these questions. Jesus gives this answer. Here's his answers. Boom, 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 boom. Then he transitions and he says this and that, and then you just start, you just know the content. You just know it, right? I'm not saying you have every verse memorized, right? But you have the content of the chapter so soaked in, so absorbed that you know what's there. Someone says Genesis 6, boom, boom, boom. Genesis 9, Genesis 11. You just, you just know what's there. You know it. So if anyone comes along and makes any claim, you're like, whoa, whoa wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Nope, nope. Because you've so observed it that it's been absorbed so you are protected from any fraudulent interpretation. I like that. O-A-I. O-A-I. We're going to call it the O-A-I Bible study. 
uh, Twyla, you get you you. If I we write a book, you get the royal. You get part of the royalties because you you or you're the one that came up with the OAI. And I don't know exactly how you would say. Uh, oh, someone uh, Twyla said she struggles with absorption. You know what? I think we all do. I think we all do. Um, uh, I think I think we've all we all struggle with absorption because what we have a tendency to do. I mean, we're almost taught read interpret. Read, interpret. Even sometimes when we are doing the Bible study exercises, right? Or, or when we're doing the Bible study methods, like even the chapter summary method, sometimes we're so focused. If we're doing the thematic method, topical method, uh, chapter uh, analysis, if we go through all the different methods, I think sometimes we're, we're, we're so preoccupied, we're like get the method done with a, and we're, it's almost like the purpose of this is to interpret. The purpose of this is to interpret. And I, I've tried in a lot of my preaching, which drives some people crazy, is we may spend weeks, maybe a month. I mean, we spent six months looking up every use of the word Israel. Sometimes it's just observation, observation, without even a thought of how we're going to interpret. But it's so it's so much observation that we've absorbed it. And once that absorption takes place... Then we are, we are on a, a we, we're, well, in fact, it's perfectly okay that the purpose of your study is simply ab- observation to it leads to absorption. That, that's actually okay. All right. <laughs> um, Observation. All right. We're trying to bring the observation, the absorption, and the interpretation all together. However you want to say it, just remember O-S-O-A-I, observation, absorption, and interpretation, or observation, absorb, or observe, absorb, interpret. O-A-I. O-A-I. That's going to be code for everyone who participates in the Bible study exercise. If I know you participate, if I ever just say, okay, this week you're going to be doing OAI, okay, you know exactly what that is, exactly what that is. Now, I guess one last thing. You'll probably, uh, you won't hear from me. Well, you're, I'm going to try to do a live broadcast tomorrow morning. Then I won't be around Friday afternoon, Friday evening. I'll be back on the air sometime Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. And then, of course, Sunday, we'll, we'll be back. But just so that you know, starting Sunday, starting Sunday, all right, starting Sunday, please access the curriculum. Access the session dealing with Matthew 24 on Sunday. You can then add that to your reading. I will remind you, so I'm not going to make that like key now. Right now, you've got that a very difficult work of doing the observation on Matthew 24, 1 through 25, 46, Mark 13, verses 1 through 37, Luke 21, 5 through 36. All right? Okay. And so uh, Twyla likes the OAI Bible study book idea. Yeah, I think, I think, it's, a, I think it's important that just please note that when you're studying the Bible, Observation, you study, you do observation until you meet, until you meet, uh, obs, obs, uh, ob, 
absorbs, abs, absorbing the text, all right? Absorption, if I can say the word right. So you do observation until you reach absorption. And once you reach absorption, then you move to interpretation, right? I think that that's just a... I, I, so many times we study, we study, we want to get to the interpretation, but just doing a study, just so it can be absorbed, just so that absorption can take place, is perfectly okay. And some people are like, well, we didn't interpret anything. That's okay. Observation and absorption in and of itself is a worthy, right goal of Bible study. I want, I want you to hear that. Just doing observation to it reaches the point of absorption is perfectly okay, even if you never get to interpretation. In fact, I will argue that I think in some situations, when you're finally done, the only thing you may be left with is your observation and your absorption, because we may not even be able to come up with a decent interpretation even after all of that observation and absorption. But guess what? No one else is ever going to be able to give you a fraudulent one because you've so observed and so absorbed that you're protected from any fraudulent interpretation. Now, I know some people disagree and believe every text can be interpreted, but I think some are just, what in the world do we do with this? So there you have it. Not not what I started out to... (laughs) This definitely did not go the way I had planned. I, I wanted to just turn on the microphone and go, hey, guys, hey, it's Thursday. Hope everyone's doing good. Here's what you're supposed to have been done, uh, what you should be working on, and here's what I need you to do. I need you to kind of see the differences between Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Here's the passages. Everyone have a good night. And then the next thing you know, I'm trying to say observe, and I'm saying absorb. I'm saying ab- absorb. Uh, I'm not saying ab- absorb. I'm saying absorb. Instead of saying observe, okay, so I started messing it up because this idea of absorption or absorbing the text was somewhat in my mind, but I I was just saying observe, absorb, absorb, observe, observe, and next thing you know, we come up with observation, absorb, and interpretation. So kind of a, (laughs) well, it's there, all right, whatever, whatever. People, some people will mock it. Some people will make fun of it. Some people will think it was just, oh, well, you, you sounded stupid. That's okay. If I sound stupid, but you never forget that observation leading to absorption before you interpret and that your observation leading to absorption and absorbing it will protect you from fraudulent interpretation, I'm more than happy looking stupid if it helps accomplish that. O-A-I. But don't, don't, I, I don't want you to forget that, but don't so get preoccupied with that that you forget the homework, all right? Now, Twyla did not ask me to repeat the homework, so I'm assuming she understands it. If anybody else needs me to repeat it, email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Um, and I, it, the more creative you are and maybe how you're going to record this and how you're going to, capture the differences, share your ideas. You can either email me your ideas, send me a screenshot or, or in the discord channel, because I'm, I think every, I think everyone's going to be very, uh, uh, I, I think everyone's going to have it, uh, 
have a different approach in how it, how they write it down. And some it's going to be very nice and organized and others it's going to be like, if you look at my journal, you're going to be like, what in the world? I don't even know what you're, you mean. And if I go back and look at it probably the day later, I'll be like, I don't even know what I mean because it's going to be all chaotic and not structured properly. Others are going to be like, it's going to, I'm like, whoa, that's brilliant. So however you decide to capture the differences, some of you are just going to want to Google it. And uh, that's, that's not, no, because that's not observation. And that definitely is not going to lead to absorption, okay? <laughs> because you're just borrowing what someone else did. The exercise, the exercise is the real goal here. It's the exercise. Bible study exercises, right? It's getting you to do the work. So by the time you're done, you're going to know what's in Matthew. You're going to know what's in Mark. And you're going to know what's in Luke. And here's the key. You're going to know how they differ. So when we start walk, walking through it going, okay, wait. Preterists say that was already fulfilled leading up to 70 AD. And you can say, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't forget over in Mark, this is mentioned. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. So where do we do with that? Because that, like, we're going to have to try to figure out what could be fulfilled, what there's just no way can be fulfilled. And then we're going to work through it and then we'll see. And guess what? We are not bound to any system of eschatology. I don't have to be on team preterist. I don't have to be on team dispensationalist. I don't have to be on team futurist versus historical. I don't have to be on any team. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Good. I, I bet uh, someone just said their notes from last night are not very nice and neat. Uh, you were going too fast and I had crazy children being distracting, but I did get it down. I had to go fast. Uh, I did have to go fast, but the good thing is it's available for everyone to go back and listen to. Um, so hopefully, hopefully uh, everyone will do that. All right. I'll stop right there. Everyone, thank you. I, I hope this was beneficial. Everyone have a good night and uh, God bless.